So what kind of decisions are you making? I want to know. You right now have joined me here on demand and you are making decisions. This was a decision. How important are your decisions in your life? Well, they're key. They determine everything. So I want you to stay with me today as I take you on a journey to show you how to make better decisions so you can have a better result in your life. Stay with me. I'll be back on the other side of this and we'll pray together and I believe God will help you make better choices. Repeat the top with me, please. Say deciding, deciding. To, have power to have power over your real enemy. One of the mistakes you can make in life is you can make the mistake of assuming you're fighting somebody you're not. You can, you can pick the wrong fight with the wrong person. You can think it's your cousin, your uncle, your aunt, and it's really not. Paul was in a very bad situation. He was in a jail, in prison. Some say chained to a soldier. While in this circumstance, he wrote the book of Ephesians, and he wrote this book to the church of Ephesus because he wanted to communicate principles to them. And he comes to the end of his conversation, and so we are, for the rest of the month, going to be dealing with this whole chapter. And one of the great things we're going to do, we're going to take a little detour next week, though, but, but by and large, we're going to be in this one chapter. And I'm going to read for you the verses a little bit longer than normal, but just follow me along for a second. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Pause. Notice he's at the end of the book and he says, okay, okay guys, I'm done writing. And finally, I want to tell you this. Be strong. And he looks at that strong Roman soldier and he sees strength. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He looks at the soldier and he sees the armor and he uses that as a, as a, as a picture of what he wants to say to them. Put on the whole armor that you may be able. Come on, say, put on the whole armor that you may be able. Notice, the only way you're going to be able is that you're fully dressed. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not your cousin, your aunt, or your uncle. It's principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. This is an unseen enemy. It's not a physical enemy. For we are wrestling, though. Please be clear. This is an up-close personal fight. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand, withstand in the evil day. I like the word withstand. This is going to be a two-way fight. There is some pressure in this. You may get hit. You may, get, you may even get hurt a little bit or a lot. But that's part of fighting. That's why you got in the ring. It's amazing how you get in the ring and, get, and complain about fighting. And you get upset when you get hit, but you're in a fight. In order to stand, you have to be clear that you need to put on the whole armor of God, and that's going to help you stand in the evil day. Chapter 6, verse 14, stand therefore having girded your waist with, with truth. Now he describes what you put on. I'm not going to talk about all of these elements today, but just this, this really four I'm going to talk about today. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth. That's the first thing, put on the truth. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. He goes on and talks about taking the shield of faith, well, which you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayers and supplications in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications for the saints. 
It's a great, you're going to love those studies down the road because he talks about, I want you to pray and I want you to supplicate, which means I want you to ask for stuff. He's not afraid of you asking, verse 19, and pray for me, he says, that utterances may be given to me, that God may give me the words, that I may open my mouth boldly to, to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in what? Chains. I'm, I'm in chains, people. I'm in prison. I want to speak boldly and I need prayer. Now, that's Paul's statement to the church of Ephesus at the end. And there are two great lessons, two great things we'll learn today. Repeat them with me, please. Say, who, are, who we're fighting and how we fight. That's what we're studying today, who we're fighting. Well, he's clear. It's not some, some flesh and blood person. You may want to make it about your daddy. You may want to make it about some cousin or some friend or some nemesis in your neighborhood or your neighbor. And if you're not careful, you think that that's the core problem, and it's not. It's never that. That's too simple. You, you want to just blame your uncle for what happened in the family or your dad, but it's more than that. It's principalities and powers. There's an organized enemy that you can't see that's working behind the scenes, Paul says, affecting your life. You have to learn to look above people sometimes. It's not the person. They're being influenced up here. It's one of my little techniques when I deal with people, and I have to deal with a lot of different kinds of people. And so and every now and then I just realize that this is a person who I'm dealing with, and, and I have to look above them. It's just my little technique. And there are times I have to say I really can't think about that. I really can't allow that to control me because that's going to distract me from the truth. And one of the things that he says, he describes what you put on, and I love this, and I'm only going to talk about this before these. The first thing he says I want you to do is I want you to be fully dressed, put on the entire armor. You know what that means? Say, I must be, come on, all in. That's what he means, fully dressed, all in. Not half-dressed, not partially committed. We live in a culture where we're not committed to anything. You work at a place, but you're not, you don't care whether they make profit or not. You just care about your paycheck. That's why you may lose your paycheck, because you don't care about your paycheck. When's the last time you read anything about the cars you're selling? When's the last time? You, I went by a car one time, and the guy didn't know anything about it. I thought, wow, this is amazing. I said, what's that? I don't know. What's that? I don't know. I said, why are you trying to sell me the car then? I don't, you don't know anything. I need to be fully dressed. I need to be updated. I need to not just preach old sermons that I preached a long time ago. I make a point to write each sermon brand new. I make a point, I make a point, I make a point. You are a teacher and you're using the same lesson plans you wrote 10 years ago. Shame on you. You have not, stri- you've not done anything to lift your life to another place. And you want the best God has to offer but giving the least amount. Lift your hand with me, please, and say with me, say, I must invest if I want the best. I believe that. I believe our church has to invest. You have to pay good salaries. You have to have a good working environment. You have to have good hours, good, good, good benefits, time off. You have to have all of those things if you want the best. If I want the best people to work for me, I have to treat them with class and style. I can't abuse people. I can demand that they work, but I cannot be abusive. There's something about understanding that I have a role. I want God's best in my life, and that requires something. That requires sacrifice, and that requires discipline. And if I'm not willing to deal with those things, if I'm not all in, it's not going to happen. Let me give you a prophecy. Your family will never be better. Your family will never be better. Your life will never be better. It will be just like this. Here's why. Because you're not totally committed. You're not totally in. You're not totally into this marriage. You're half in. You're half in and you're half out and you're not totally in. That's why you can't have prosperity. You will never win. You will never have prosperity. You will never be victorious. It will never 
ever happen for you. And that's because you are afraid to be all in. I'm all in. I'm your pastor. I'm your pastor every day. I'm your pastor. I'm faithful. I'm committed. I come to work. I don't slough off. And I'm not perfect. I'm learning all the time too. But I'm all in. You can't say I'm not all in. I am here. The question is, are you here? Are you devoted? Now, I want to say something. I don't want anybody to take this wrong. I want to put something in perspective only because of what a pastor should say. Now, I believe in streaming. I'm a supporter of it, and I will never, ever, ever talk it down and not be happy. I want you to stream. How many of you sometimes stream? Raise your hand. See? Come put your hands up high. Be proud. Praise God. That's good. All right. See? I think it's fine. I think it's fine. I think it's a wonderful tool, and I'm going to all, as a matter of fact, we're going to expand it, make it better. We just, we just did all kind of wonderful things. The signal should be stronger. We got our own de- designated line. It's just, it's just, it's more money, but it's all good. Praise God. I don't want to be, you know, shaking and moving. So we're doing all we can. But here's the deal. That's because we're all in. The question is, are you all in? Are you all in? Do you, do you pray for your church? Do you pray for your pastor? If you're all in, you should pray. You should say one prayer a week. Lord, help him in Jesus' name. <laughs> Instead of asking for God to give him a word for, only for you, you should say, Lord, help him in his life. Help him in his mind, you know, help him not lose it. You know, some preachers lose it after a while, you know, they, they start, they, amen, I heard that amen up here, that's right, they do. But there's, there's something that happens if you're not all in. Our fan, our, a lot of churches are struggling because their members aren't all in. Sometimes I see a church that's small and they won't grow, refuses to grow. Now, now this is what I say. Now, I know sometimes you're not, everybody's not called to be bigger, I understand that. But when I see an unhealthy church, when I see a church that's struggling, I sometimes say, those are the wrong people. They got, they, got, they got the wrong group together. They're, you can name in your family, if I got with certain members of your family, so no, that's the wrong group, Pastor. You need to be with these, these, this, this group over here is okay. That group, you're going to be spending money for the rest of your life. Sometimes you get the wrong people together, and that's why a church can't grow, can't expand, because they, the way they think, they get offended by everything. You got a group of people who want to rule and control everything, and you can't expand. But it's when you understand the power of being all in. Put on the whole armor. Can you say it again? Put on the what? That you may be able. That's the key thing. You're not going to be able. And here's what he says. The first thing you should put on. This is so important. He says, notice with me, put on truth. (laughs) If you lie to yourself, if you deceive yourself, if you pretend it doesn't matter, if you act like it doesn't matter, if if you don't place great value on truth, you will never be, you will never see God's best in your life. You have to decide. This is all about deciding. I'm, I'm going to make sure I understand my real enemy, who my real enemy is. I'm going to make sure that I am fully dressed. I want to make sure that I am telling the truth. What is the truth? What's the truth about your walk with God? Are you really walking with him or are you just faking? And I understand, you know, I, we, all, we all have seasons of struggle, but you know, it, it, it's, it, it's something, there's something about saying, God, if I were really being honest, I'm, you're not first. He said, in order for you to win, you have to, at the core of your being, the first thing he mentions is you've got to be girded about with truth. What is the truth? Right here, the center of life. What is the truth? There's something about that. There's something about looking at the core of your life and saying, I'm not honest. I really believe that after 38 years of pastoring, my view, this Ricky Temple, one of the greatest sins in church is lying. We lie to ourselves. We lie to people. We make promises we can't keep. 
we're not always, just, we're just not truthful. And I think what it does is it hurts people long term. I think it damages people. Because they come hoping for the truth. What's the truth? Can I ask you a question, brother? Look at me for a second. What's the truth about you when it comes to being faithful? Can you be trusted? Ever? Ever? With anybody? What's the truth? Look at the preacher for a second. Are you safe? You know, you know, it's really important. And here's what I think for you. It's really important to hear this because part of the reason that God can't, part of the reason why, I'm saying another way, part of the reason why I think Christians struggle with this is because they, don't, they can't be sinful. They're saved. So they can't admit I'm struggling with A, B, and C. What's the truth about you, sister? You look fine, but you're not fine. And I just think we hide. And sometimes we should deal with that. The truth. Second thing he says is you got to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now notice how he words it. Put on the breastplate. Say that with me, please. Come on. When you put on the breastplate, that means you're involved in the process. This is not something that God does for you. Jesus died to make you righteous in standing, so you don't earn salvation. But in terms of you doing what's right, that's what he's talking about here, putting on the breastplate. Every day you put it on, and sometimes it's a little tight. Sometimes it hurts you a little bit. But the question is, if you're going to win, or the point he's making is, if you're going to win, you have to be truthful, and you have to do what's right. I have to do what's right. What is right? I don't know, I don't know what that is for you. I don't know what that fits you. Fill in the blank. I don't know. But some of you would say, well, this is not right, and I probably shouldn't say that, and, and well, then stop doing it. That's hard. I know it's hard. But it's harder when you don't put on the whole armor. It's harder when you're not fully engaged. There's some things down the road we're going to talk about. I gave you um, a lot of things that I'm going to talk about down the road, and we're in what I call round one, and there's round two, three, and four. And throughout, and, and you can read this on your own, but throughout the text, he basically talks about praying. He talks about spending time in the word, the, the, the sword of the spirit. He talks about you being totally equipped, coming to God saying, all right, listen, uh, I'm not going to do well at this. I'm not going to do right. Uh, and that's the truth. And so let's start with me telling the truth and practicing on this one wrong thing I know I shouldn't be doing. It's when you come to that moment. But I want you to hear me. If you lie to yourself, you'll never succeed. If you continue to lie, and I don't know what that is for you. I don't know what that is for you. But, but, but you need to pause and say, God, I need to get fully dressed. And you can't then blame God because your life's not working right. And you can't blame people when you didn't do what was right. You keep cussing people out and doing all that kind of stuff, you're not going to have the results you want. I'm sorry. It's just not. It's not right. If you keep, you know, not being faithful and flirting around, and it's just not right. It's just not right. It's not right. There's so many times in my life I could do something wrong, but it's not right. It's not right to have that extra conversation with her. It's not right. I know it's not right. She knows it's not right, and I don't need to have it. So thank you, God bless you, nice to meet you, have a good day. No, it's not right. I'm not doing that. I'm putting on the breastplate today. 
And it's, my, it's everybody can see it. Let me ask you something. Do you know anybody? Can you give me five more minutes? Do you know anybody that's doing, that's, that don't, that they, they're doing something, they have a problem, but they don't know they have a problem? Raise your hand. Anybody know somebody? Okay. No, tell, tell me some of the problems they have. They don't know they have. Now, if they ain't here, don't say if they ain't here. Okay. All right. <laughs> Lying. What else? What else? Raise your hand. Come on. What, what, what problems do they have that they, they won't, they don't know they have? Yes. Stealing. stealing. They don't know they're stealing. Lord Jesus. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody else. What, what else? Yes. What? What? Manipulation. Yeah. They manipulate people. Yeah. Some, they, they have a problem, but they don't know they have it. Raise your hand. Come on. Talk to me. Yes. Cheating. Cheating. Mm-hmm. Anger and control. Yes. They take but don't give. And they like to give. They like to give, don't they? They be just as happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody else. Yes. Self-denial. What else? Yes. Not accepting responsibility for your actions. Yeah. Give me a couple more. Somebody else. They, what? What? Prideful. One more. Somebody else. Yes. Greed. Yeah. It's amazing how you can have an issue in your life and not be right. And somebody who loves you knows. Are you open to the truth? Because here's what happened if you do. You'll be prepared, which is the last thing he says. He said, you need to have your feet shod. The word shod, basically, this word for shoes, the idea of putting on shoes. Having your feet prepared with the gospel, he said. Now, I understand the point of the text is that you want to be ready with the word. It's really the second time in the Bible, the first time of two times where in this, this, this dissertation in Ephesians, he talks about the word. You need the word, he said, that's a sword, and you need the word in your feet, prepared feet. The whole idea, though, of the point is that you have to be prepared. Preparation is key if you want to win. Now, I wanted to give you some advice. Let me think about this. Part of the reason why you'll never get better is because you won't prepare for anything. You live week to week, I mean, moment to moment. I believe that preparation in and of itself is, is amazing. Preparing with the word before you go out can change everything because you know what to think. That's what this is about. This is all about preparing you. Are you the kind of person who prepares? I, I have a, a really good habit. I lay all my clothes out the day before. It's the name is it changed your life. If you know that you tend to do what I do, diddly and dally, and piddle and pedal. If you're like me, if it ain't right and it don't fit right, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like. Man, you spend too much time and you'll be late. Lay it out the day before. If you know you're traveling and you know it takes you two years to pack, <laughs> it takes you a long time you just have to be come on that's the truth right that's the truth about you you have to admit the truth i know that i don't do well if we're running late to planes i you know when i really saw it i shouldn't tell you this i shouldn't tell you because you're gonna look it up my kids did this thing on me years ago called that's my dad you can google ricky temple and that's my dad and it come up they did a whole skit and ricky pretended he was me at the airport it was the most hilarious, ridiculous, evil thing he ever did for me. <laughs> it was really funny. It's hilarious. And he had suitcases, and, and Christina would say, and that's my dad, and they would name little things I did. And one of them was before time or on time. And Ricky has 
four or five suitcases running through the airport, running through the airport, and, and, and mocking me. I said, boy, I don't act like that. They said, yes, you do. <laughs> Fussing, upset. We got to catch the plane. Don't be late. Don't be late. I just destroyed the whole trip. Here's what I needed to do. Plan earlier. Leave a year before, whatever. <laughs> I mean, several hours. I mean, I've learned. You need, you, you need to plan better and so you won't be rushing everybody, destroying the fun, fussing so much. Lay it out. Why are you deciding what you're going to eat every day? On the, uh, plan, plan ahead if you can. There are little things I've learned. I've learned to hear the end of the last thing. I've learned that I'm nicer with a lunchbox. I almost always, I don't have one today, but almost every time you see me, Ricky Temple has a lunchbox. I do have snacks, though. Oh, I got some snacks around right now. I, get, I lose Jesus, the Bible, God when I'm hungry, and I'm tired. I'm not a nice guy. And so here's what I do to keep me nice and righteous. Part of my breastplate of righteousness. I grab a lunchbox. I have fruit. I have snacks. You may think this is a simple thing, but you, it might change your life. I also learned every Sunday I take a preacher's nap. I'm holy and sanctified when I go home and nap. If I take a nap, I'm a godly man. I feel close to Jesus. I, some of you need a nap. Come on, say amen, right? You, you know, it's amazing. Come on, give God. Come on, amen. Am I right about you? Your life is... I'm out of time. Stand on your feet. I'm done. I'm out of time. I'm out of time. I'm out of time. It's simple stuff. But he looks at them and he says, guys, if you want to win, you got to tell the truth. Guys, if you want to win, you're going to have to decide to do what's right. And you're going to have to be prepared. And he tells them, first thing you want to prepare with is the word. Put the word on your feet. Later on, he's going to tell them to pick up a sword. But let me ask you something. Are you serious? Are you going to be all in? I can't decide that for you. There, are, there is a family. There is a family that will make a decision. And they will be blessed for generations. They'll get together. They'll hang out. They'll climb over their differences. They'll talk through their issues. They'll respect their elders. They'll prosper. Then there's a family that will decide not to do that. You'll cuss out your mama. You'll insult your parents. And here's what the Bible said. You'll have a shorter life. That's what he said. A lot of what we're seeing today is a result of what the Bible said would happen. Our young people right now are in a bad spot. What's sad is we taught them that. We're reaping a harvest in some ways. But here's the question. What's going to be the truth about your family and you and this church? Are we going to be all in? If we are, we are the only ones that can decide that. We can decide to do what's right. We can decide today to start preparing. Today. Father, we thank you for the word, all that's been said and done. We leave knowing that you've talked to us today, you've spoken to us. Thank you for the power of what you said. Thank you for the opportunity. I ask you to bless this time together. I ask you to give us grace and wisdom. I ask you to do what only you can do. With every hand down, every head bowed. If you know you're not right with God, but you need to be. If you know that you are out of sync 
with God, but you want to be. I want to pray a prayer for you, just for you, but I need to know who I'm praying for. I'm not going to call you up front. If you want me to pray for you to help you start your life with Jesus, I want you to raise your hand. Anybody say, pray for me, Pastor. I see two, I see three, four or five, six, I see seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, about fifteen of you. I pray for you in Jesus' name that the hand of God would be upon you. I pray for the Holy Spirit to touch you. I pray, God, that your hand would be upon them in a strong way, that day to day would leave you knowing that they prayed this prayer. They're not going to be perfect overnight, but they've made a start in the right direction. They've done the right thing today. They've put on a righteous breastplate that you provided because you died on the cross to set them free. They're not saved by works, but their works prove they've come to you and surrendered their lives to you. And so I bless them and I praise for them in Jesus' name. And we give you all the glory and everyone say amen. amen. I look this way. We talked everybody. about decisions. We've had a moment now to think about this. So here's the question as we close. Where are you? What kind of decisions have you been making and where are you headed? You know, there's a great question someone asked me some time ago. They said, where are you going? And maybe that's what you need to ask yourself. Where are you going? The decisions you're making are picking you up and carrying you to a destination. The question is, where are those decisions taking you? Let's pray together. Father, I pray for everyone making tough decisions today. Give them peace, guidance, and strength. May this be a moment in their life when they find the courage to say, I need to make different decisions. I speak grace, I speak life and healing to every single person, Lord God, who is making important decisions in their life. I thank you for it and I give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, I've enjoyed sharing the word with you. I pray you come see us in person. If you want to email us, you can. The email address is right there. Reach out to me. I'll be glad to respond. I care. God cares. But you need to make some good decisions. See you next time right here on Demand. And if you like the message, link it and send it to a friend and say, I heard a word that you need to hear. Be blessed. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.